Let's turn together now to 1 Samuel and chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1, we can read verses 9 and 10. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore, and she vowed a vow, and so on. <coughs> First Samuel in chapter 1 you find Hannah in prayer in bitterness of soul in first Samuel chapter 2 you find Hannah in prayer full of rejoicing and that sometimes is very much the way people are there are times when we go on our knees praying and as, as if we are weeping sore other times our hearts are just brimful with joy Prayer is the key to the Christian life. It has to be there at the beginning of the Christian life, for without prayer, no one can become a Christian. No normal person can become a Christian without prayer. And prayer is also the key to the rest of your Christian growth, because you cannot grow as a Christian without the exercise of prayer. So if you're a seeker today, someone who hasn't yet found Christ as a saviour, I must ask you if you are praying to the Lord, whether you're a young child or a young person or somebody that's full of days, are you a praying person? You see, if you're not a Christian, I can understand that if you're not praying. But if you are seeking the Lord, the promise is that they that seek him shall find him. And if you are a Christian and you're not feeling that you're growing at all in knowledge or in the character of a Christian or in the understanding of Scripture, if you feel that there's no purpose to your Christian life, if you feel that you're going nowhere, can I ask you, are you a praying person? Do your children know you as a praying person? Are you somebody that tries to make time to be at the prayer meeting? Are you somebody that really strives to pray even when things are very difficult? Prayer is essential. I couldn't underline it more. It is absolutely essential. You cannot live without it. You cannot begin without it. You need to pray. You need to pray to the God of heaven. Because prayer is an expression of your faith. And when you begin to pray, to ask the Lord to be your saviour, that becomes the expression of your faith when you put it into words you're grasping onto the promises of the gospel and prayer so if the lord says to you that i you will no wise cast out anybody who comes to him then you say yes i believe that lord i come to you you have not cast me out 
you have brought me in and you receive Christ in that way or if Christ says to you that he is the living water that he who drinks of this living water he shall never thirst again then you go to Christ and say Lord I believe that if I receive you I will be eternally satisfied my soul will be filled with good things I receive it thank you prayer is the beginning of the Christian life you know this prayer can be born out of disappointment some of you will have been praying for a very long time either to become a Christian or to grow as a Christian or for the conversion of some other member of your family or perhaps you're praying for something else that's very personal to you for Hannah she was praying for a child she couldn't have children we're told in verse 5 the Lord had shut up her womb that was a biblical way of saying that the Lord was preventing her from having any children very disappointing time for Hannah because the days in which she was living were very difficult days for any believer in the Lord the judges were ruling in those days but they wanted a visible king like all the other nations they didn't want to be different from the other nations they wanted to be like the people of the world and to live the world's ways and the church in that day was corrupt Eli he was the chief priest he had two sons Hophni and Phineas, and they were corrupt they were even sleeping with the women who gathered to worship at the temple that's how corrupt they were the church was very corrupt and Eli himself when he saw Hannah praying at the temple and he saw her lips moving his first thoughts were Hannah is drunk because it seems to have been a common thing for people to have gathered to the worship and drunk that much wine that they were just drunken imagine if you came to church this morning and you found people drunk in the pews if you found people as it were engaging in all sorts of immoral relations well that's what the church in that day was like so Hannah I'm sure felt very down about that but she was also feeling very disappointed because her rival wife Peninna and her husband Elkanah had married Peninna had lots of children many children but she had none and Peninna was rubbing it in trying to make things really difficult for Hannah as if she, she was provoking her and saying Hannah it's the Lord that shut up your womb it's the Lord that's preventing you from having children and every year especially when they went up to the worship of the temple in Jerusalem it happened that's the time when Penina would rub it in even more that's when she would take the salt and rub it into the bloody wound so that Hannah would really feel worse isn't it funny how if somebody wants to upset you they can choose the very moment to do it just when you feel at your most sensitive Hannah coming up perhaps once in a year 
to worship the Lord at Shiloh. And it's at that very time that Penina chooses to rub it in. Some of us might feel very sensitive after preaching on our Lord's Day. And that will often be the time when something will happen just to bring us down, to depress us that little bit more, just to disappoint us. You see, the enemy can often choose the very time to bring disappointment into your life. Well, she was, as we read here, in bitterness of soul in verse 10. Now, what would you do if you were in bitterness of soul? There are some people that say, well, I'm not going to church today because I'm just too upset. I'm just too disappointed. Things are not going the way I had planned. Things are very difficult, very dark. So what's the point in going to church? And especially, what's the point in prayer? When things seem to be so disappointing, isn't it easy to take it out upon the Lord and say, I'm not going to pray to the Lord. I didn't get the husband that I wanted. I didn't get the child that I wanted. I didn't get the conversion that I wanted. I didn't get the job that I wanted. I didn't get the plan worked out the way I wanted it. I had my life set before me and it's gone all wrong. So I'm going to take it out upon the Lord. I'm in bitterness of soul and I'm not going to pray. I am so disappointed with what my God has planned for me. I'm not going to pray. Hannah, she found that her prayer was born out of disappointment. It was in the very bitterness of soul that she prayed unto the Lord and she wept sore. Do you know what it's like to pray weeping? To pray with stinging eyes? Do you know what it's like to feel so upset that the tears are running into your mouth as you're praying? Many of you do. I'm sure of that. Now, sometimes it's those prayers that are most precious of all because they've been born out of the well of disappointment when you found that everything was so empty and you cried out to the Lord and you cried out to the faithful God just like Hannah did here she prayed out O Lord do you know that that word Lord in Hebrew comes from the phrase I am that I am. I am the God who is faithful. I am always the same. Hannah, I never change. I am that I am. You can bring your petitions to me, whatever state you are in, because I don't change. You see, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that God's moods change with our moods. So that if we feel disappointed, that the Lord is also disappointed. Or if we feel happy, that the Lord is also riding on the clouds of happiness. 
but the Lord is unchangeable. He is the Lord who is I am, that I am. He is the one who is always full of power, always certain of what to do, always in full control of your life and your children's lives and your church's life. So remember that he's the faithful God, O Lord, she said. And also remember he is the Lord of hosts. He's the mighty God. The word host, sebaos, you find that maybe is in the New King James Version. I think they use that phrase, sebaos. That can mean hosts. It can mean the army of Israel. It can mean the army of angels. Or it can mean the hosts of the army of the stars in heaven. Whichever way you speak of the Lord of hosts, where is the Lord who is in control of the whole universe or the Lord who is in control of the angelic army or where is the Lord who is in control of all his people you can pray to him because he has such might with God nothing is impossible is that the God you are praying to with God Nothing is impossible. She felt everyone was against her, perhaps, and yet she came and prayed, O Lord of hosts. Prayer can be born out of disappointment. Prayer can be clarified by delay. Prayer can be clarified by delay. You see, when Hannah prayed, she prayed very specific, not just for any baby, not just for any child, not just for any sex. She prayed for a boy child, a male child. She was so specific. Now she could afford to be specific because over the years she might have longed just for any child. And she might have prayed to the Lord Back home there in Ephra, she could have prayed there, Lord, just give me any baby. Peninnah's having all these children, just give me a child that'll run around my feet. Just give me a child that'll sit upon my knee. Just give me a child so that I can smell that child's hair, so that I can hug that child, hold that child, feel that child, love that child. Any child, Lord. But you see, the Lord didn't answer the prayer. And child after child was born to Peninnah. Hannah kept on praying, but no child came. No child come at all. And she kept on praying and praying, but the prayer changed. And by the time she was weeping sore in Shiloh, her prayer was for a boy child, a male child. And she wasn't just asking as a woman. She was asking for this as a handmaid of the Lord, as a servant of God. She says, O Lord of hosts, if you will look indeed on the affliction of your handmaid and remember me and not forget your handmaid, but will give unto your handmaid a man-child. You see, she's there as a handmaid of the Lord, the one who is almost ready to do everything the Lord wants. She's praying there, 
as a servant of the Lord of hosts. Well, you see, if you're praying as a servant, you can afford to ask for specific things. Because you know that you're not just wanting them for your glory, but for his, the Lord's glory. She asked as a servant, and she asked with honesty. She was very honest in what she asked for. Because she wanted a child. She was burdened for that. And sometimes we must be very honest in our prayers. We mustn't just pray what somebody else is praying. If we feel that we have to go further, then let's go further. If it's a burden that the Lord has laid upon our hearts, then let's pray for it. Perhaps you don't hear anybody praying in our prayer meeting for anybody specific to be converted. Does that mean that you shouldn't do it? Of course it doesn't. If the Lord is burdening you for people, then you pray for them and pray for them by name. If the Lord is burdening you for a street in Dingwall, then pray for that street by name. Don't please narrow your prayers down until they're all so much the same. Be honest in your prayer. And the Lord will clarify. He will purify your prayer. She asked with honesty. She also asked with faith. Because it took great faith to pray for a man-child. It wasn't just a baby, but for a male child. So when the child was born and there was the excitement, is it a boy or a girl? She was expecting a boy in every sense of the word. She didn't need any fancy piece of technology to tell her what sex the child was because she knew. She asked for a male child and she expected this. She had the faith to believe that the Lord would grant what she asked. And remember what we said so many weeks ago, that our prayers must be like that. Because what we receive is related to what we expect. If we don't expect in prayer, will we receive? But Hannah, she had the faith to ask. What about you people who are not yet converted? What do you expect when you go and ask the Lord to bring you to be a Christian? Do you expect him to answer the prayer or are you just praying it because it's first thing in the morning or the last thought at night? Is there that expectancy? Are you laying hold of the gospel? Are you laying hold of Christ and saying, yes, he will answer my prayer. I believe he will answer my prayer. I have faith this is the day that the Lord hath made. It's my day to be saved, my day for my prayer to be answered. Keep on praying, my friend. Don't stop praying. You will find your prayers will change as you ask for things because the Lord can cleanse, can wash your prayers so that they are more pure. So you're wanting something for the right reasons. For example, those of you who aren't Christians, why do you want to be a Christian? 
Now you might think an awful strange thing for a minister to ask, why do you want to be a Christian? Isn't it just enough for you to ask, Lord, make me a Christian? Well, no. Because you might be wanting to be a Christian for all the wrong reasons. You might want to be a Christian so that you'll have something nice written on your headstone when you die. Or so that you'll have a nice obituary in the paper. Or so that you can be an elder and have a really reputable status in the church. Or you might be wanting it so that people will point the finger at you and say, Isn't he good? Listen, is the Lord purifying that request of you to become a Christian? To the point when you're wanting to become a Christian so that your sins will be forgiven. You're so guilty. You're so laden with guilt. And there's only one way for the guilt to be taken away. And that's if you're joined to Christ in a marriage of faith. Is that what's uppermost in your mind? Do you want to become a Christian so that you can serve the Lord? So you can walk with the Lord and be close to the Lord? These are good motives. Well, you see, your prayer can be clarified by delay. Prayer can be born out of disappointment, clarified by delay. Prayer can bring you to that point where you promise. That's what happened to Hannah. She vowed a vow. You see, when she came to the point when she had no children after years of prayer, she said, Lord, if you grant me this male child, I'll give him back to you. You give him to me, and I'll give him to you. I'll set him apart for you. I'll train him while he's young to be your servant. And then I'll give him to you as soon as he's of age, so he can live in the temple, in the place at Shiloh with Eli. That's what she did. Now that's quite a vow. That's quite a promise. Isn't that a real mark of submission? That she could say, Lord, you give a child to me and I'll give him back to you. I might never be able to hug him, except once a year. I might not be able to gaze into his blue eyes, except once a year. But Lord, you can have him. And he can be your servant. And if you give him to me, I'll give him to you. I vow that vow, Lord. It's not a bribe, Lord. Because I don't want the child except to give him to you. I want him to be a leader in your cause. I want him to turn the nation back to you. You see, prayer brought her to the point of promise and consecration. Commitment. And you know, my friend, that's what the Lord can do to you as well. He can, through prayer, bring you to that point where you commit everything to the Lord. When you're willing to give all your life to God. Who is unconverted here today? Which children are still without Jesus? Are you willing to give him all your life? Are you willing to give him your hands, your feet, 
your mind, your eyes? Are you willing to give him all your time, all your strength? Are you willing to give him every day of 1996 and every day of the rest of your life? Are you going to give everything to him? Have you been brought to that point and you said to the Lord, Lord, I want to become a Christian so much so that I can give my whole life to you. My whole life. Will you vow to give yourself to the Lord? No turning back. You know the chorus, no turning back. No turning back. There's some wonderful joy when that happens real joy I've never known the depth of joy that I know when I've submitted to God's will real joy now for Hannah God's will was that she should have the child and she rejoiced for some people God's will may be that they do not have the child and yet they learn to rejoice in that. Because they learn that, well, if this is God's will for them, God must have their blessings in store for them. If God doesn't want them to have this child, then the Lord is wanting something else for them. Something even greater. Something even more appropriate. If the Lord is saying no to one thing, and yet he brings us to commit ourselves wholly to the Lord, then isn't it even better? You know, there are some people, and the Lord said no to their prayers, and he said yes to their lives. No, he says, you can't have what you're asking for, but I will give you life. You can have me, that you can't have the child. You can have me, that you can't have the work. You can have my presence in your life forever and ever. You can have living water from Christ and you'll never thirst again. No, he says, you can't have this, but I'll give you myself. You know, are you willing to submit to that? To know the joy of having God himself? The thing is this, you might say, well, what's that compared to having the child? Well, you know, however long we live, a separation will come between ourselves and our children, between ourselves and the husband we want between ourselves and the money we desired. But if you become a Christian, the marriage between yourself and Christ will never be broken. You will have him forever and ever. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord, our sovereign and ever-blessing and blessed God, we ask that you would bless people here this morning. Give them yourself. Give them yourself in Christ Jesus.
in all the glory of the gospel. Give them yourself in salvation. Give them yourself in eternal love. Keep them, Lord. Bind them close to you. Don't ever let them be lost. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.